Hi. Hello there, and welcome to the final episode of uh, Ren and Snippy. Um, I guess Sabine never really gets punished for doing selfish, stupid things, that, but that's okay. You know, I, I seem to find her to be, like, not, like, one of the most annoying, but one of the dumbest characters in Star Wars in a, in a while. Dumber but, than Chopper? That, well, Chopper's just a psycho, and he just doesn't <laughs> mind killing people. Like, he'll blow, he'll blow up a bridge full of people, and he, he, he just won't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but joining me today is Jeff York from The Establishing Shot, John Davies from Cinema Obscura, and David J. Fowley from Keeping It Real. I am Mike Crowley from You'll Probably Agree. Well, Ahsoka did wrap up. And, uh, I mean, I have some thoughts on it. But before we start with that, uh, who would let, anyone like to give a summation of the plot of that episode? I think, John, you're the man to do that. Oh, I mean, if we're jumping all the way to the end of it. It could be, it could be uh, subtitled "The Emperor's New Clothes." <laughs> there we go. That, that's kind of where we're going. Like they're they're really trying to fill in the gaps and make the sequels watchable, I guess. And they're reaching. <laughs> they're really reaching. But I, I don't know. Whatever. It's Star Wars. It's live action. It's still a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Honestly, to me, this was perfect ending because it was so just not good that's pretty much what star wars has been the entire time since day one. it's been a whole bunch of fantastic moments surrounded by a story that is barely held together <laughs> yeah. you know and that's that's exactly what we got from dave filoni and ahsoka season one like it's it's a it's a handful of amazing moments and things that will stand out as some fantastic star wars but as a whole, it's it's good. Yeah, it's good. Good's yeah. better than Boba Fett. Yes. Oh, well, I think I think that's goes without saying. Who I the book of boring Fett is usually what I call it. <laughs> I mean, they completely neutered and disnified Boba Fett. I mean, although we really never knew much about him outside the expanded universe, but yeah, that's kind of how I felt with this uh, season of Ahsoka. It's like it has its moments, but overall. It's just kind of like a story setting up a story for something else, but then how much setup can I watch until I want some delivery? And you know, we get like those big fan moments. We get the introduction of Thrawn. We get to see Anakin Skywalker again. But when it comes to something under the surface, Star Wars has always been very surface level in terms of you know its emotion and its drive. I mean, probably <clears throat> the deepest Star Wars film you could I could think of is probably The Empire Strikes Back. And even that had the action motivating the story. Or no, no, that one had the story motivating the action rather than the action motivating the story. And that's sort of the problem I had with this final episode is that there's a whole lot of action and there isn't a lot of character development underneath that. You know, we they kind of just ditched whatever was going on with Balin's skull. They just have him walking up to a, a mountain that kind of looks like him. And he's just looking out into the horizon, and waiting to be recast. Yeah, unfortunately. And then you have uh, Shin Hati, who you know goes up to all the pirates of the village, or whatever you want to call them, scavengers. And I think she's going to make herself like their leader by the way she's you know holding up the orange lightsaber in front of them, but. It we're really, uh, you know, I wanted to know more about those characters, and we never got that. And I thought we were, 
And the most we got was that we found out that Balin was, you know, part of the, he was a general for the Jedi Order. And, you know, I think the events of Order 66 kind of turned that around for him. But what did you guys think of the episode? I mean, I mean the episode was fine. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. like John said, it was good. You know, I mean, um, I, I wasn't, there weren't really any surprises. There was, you know, some eye rolls, you know, like zombie troopers. I mean, if we're going to go there, then then do some like, you know, 80s Michael Jackson thriller music or something as they rise up <laughs> or, or something, you know, just make that like, really, we're doing this or or have Ezra turn around and say, like, are, what? Why are they calling them? What aren't these just zombies, you know, or something, you know, um, and I, at the same time. You know, I'll give them credit for like actually introducing a different type of stormtrooper that we've never seen before. Okay, but I, I guess you know there's so many things, and I guess it's because it's just eight episodes, and they just want to go, 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 go. There's no time for character development. There's no time to stretch anything out. Uh, how how do these night troopers come to be? How do you know all these things? If you haven't, you know, drowned yourself in Clone Wars and Rebels, then you probably are just totally scratching your head and, and not coming up with any type of understanding of how this could possibly be. Even if you have, though, this show doesn't really give you a whole lot of insight on what the sisters are really doing for Thrawn, what Thrawn's really doing for the sisters, you know, uh, all that stuff. And we, we get, it, <laughs> towards the end, we get introduced to this awesome new green blade. And then what is it used for? Not much. It, it ha- hardly has any power, you know. Um, so there's a lot of that in this in this season, and I guess my biggest qualm, I guess, with with the show is that it's called Ahsoka when it really should just be called Rebels. Yeah, know? I mean, because look, we don't really get any moments where we really, really get to know Ahsoka and her struggles, and it's not just the way she's written, but Dawson plays her with like so much, you know. Uh, close to the chest you know it's just there's there's not a whole lot to to glean you know from her character you know um and there's just a lot of kind of stoicism and a lot of side eyes and a lot of glances and a lot of arms folded moments you know who is you know what what's what's going on inside her head what is she struggling with or thinking and the only one she really has to confide in is you know, this, you know, snarky droid, Hu Yang, you know, and okay, you know, and, and, and again, I don't know. And and don't get me started on trying to make Hayden Christensen a good actor and make Anakin a good guy and all this stuff. It's like, don't do that. You know, I, I, it's too little too late. And to me, the less Anakin, the better, but that's just my two cents (laughs) on Anakin. Mm. Jeff, what, what were your thoughts? Well, I think I liked it better than the other three of you, perhaps. But um, I actually think that you all raise very good points. Um, I think this was the best of the Star Wars uh, television series up until this episode. And mm-hmm. my biggest overarching uh, fault with this episode, and it's sort of my shake my fist at all these finales. And it, it's it's I don't know why they're not longer. They try to cram too many ideas too many thoughts and too much stuff in here. When when you don't have Hera show up until the last five minutes, that's terrible storytelling. Mm-hmm. 
She's a major character. She's played by a major actress in Hollywood and she shows up and has three lines. And basically it's just her recognizing that Ezra's come home. Uh, who in the God's green earth in a story room would ever say, yeah, that's good. That's what we would do with our third lead. Uh, you know, even if uh, uh, Ray Stevenson hadn't died, he's this very, as we've talked about in the past, clever villain uh, who, I, as I've stated on this show before, David is to me made the case for joining uh, the bad guys, if you will, because maybe they get the trains to run on time. Maybe he's they're kind of fascinating you know, character. Yeah, he is. And he's he's not like a crazy, vicious fool. He's almost like, you know, the guy who's uh, sort of going to explain why he's a Republican or something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, he's very interesting. He's very intriguing. He was certainly pulling in Sabine as uh, Mike earlier nodded to with her not getting sort of punished for going with that. And, you know, he's even got his own charge, which is a parallel story, of course, to uh, Asaka's uh, uh -huh. excuse me, Asaka's one with um him, or, you know, teaching Shin and Shin is separated from she's barely in it. Balin's only in that last scene and he doesn't even say anything. That's bad storytelling. And mm -hmm. I think up until this episode, they were doing a lot of things right. I agree with you. If you're going to call the show Ahsoka and, you know, she's playing it like, and we've talked about this before. She's playing it like Clint Eastwood, the man with no name, says little. Her big scene in this where she's doing the the lightsabers uh, fight, and then she ends up getting half of it split off, and then she's pounding. You know, that's that's the Anakin uh, pupil right there because, remember, that's how Darth Vader was fighting, just that kind of pummeling, and, and I got that from a friend of mine who asked me about it when he said, what do you think of the episode? His name is Daniel Mashburn. He's a very clever writer and a big Star Wars fan. You'd love him on this if he was a guest. Plug, plug. But, but he said, you know, that's a nod to that. And I said, yeah, that's right. Cause at the, uh, in, in uh, the return of the Jedi, the big fight is like, and that's where Luke is sort of in touch with the dark sabers going, well, like it's a bat. Suddenly it's not a sword. It's a bat. Right. And he's just pummeling them. All that should have been talked about. All that should have been part of like, is, is Ahsoka a little dark? Is that why Anakin's smiling at the end? Because he recognizes that she can sort of give it in that? Should Balin not bid have part of that and, and sort of saying, like, maybe you should play for us or whatever like that? I mean, it was a great duo, great stun work there. I mean, I don't know how long uh, they trained for that. I know the one woman is a stun person, but um, I don't know that Dawson has done that much in a day, and she did a hell of a job. But it, it it clocks in at just under 40 minutes. Like, really? You can't go at an hour for the finale? I mean, just as a side venture, I had the same problem with the finale, even though it was very well uh, uh, um, rated uh, for only murders in the building. It's like, do an hour show. Go longer. It's There's no timing that's restricting you in streaming. And make the money work if you can't afford to go 10, 20 minutes longer. But this one, I just wanted it to be longer and fill in some of those gaps that you guys talked about. I thought they did that very well in the previous seven episodes where, you know, when they took time, you saw them thinking. It was sort of them becoming, you know, involved in the thing and the characters. But when you don't have Balin on the show for the whole last episode, basically until the very end, and you don't have uh, Osaka talking much and you don't have um, – you know, even the even Morgan's turnover into which was so hasty and, you know, what? So she could <laughs> sacrifice it and delay us. So is that as good as Prawn gets in his as uh, as Thrawn gets in his plans is that he has to sacrifice a good, loyal subject because he doesn't have anybody who can delay him, even with those zombie troopers. Too many questions, too many gaps, too little content, dare I say, in story in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, we could have seen what happened when he went over to Dathomir and what his plans were there instead of having to wait till season two to get that. We could have gotten right. the last 20 minutes setting that up. But, you know, we don't get that. It's more of, you know, the bad guys getting away and the good guys going to go out and fight the good fight for the next day. And let's go and rescue Ahsoka. And I have to say, I, I maybe I'm, you know, I haven't seen all the cartoon shows and, and everything else, but I did think that that lightsaber battle was incredibly well staged. You oh, know, yeah. uh, there were a lot of times where it was, it reminded me of John Wick where, you know, you're not cutting away to make up for the fact that, you know, the actors can do it. It's like, no, that's Dawson doing this. And she's very fluid, which is kind of an interesting uh, sort of more, you know, Zen version of fighting that maybe uh, Ahsoka has now, or maybe it's because she's uh, got a little bit of a feminine approach to it, that it's not overkill. It's not the viciousness of having to just wham, 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 uh, the way Darth Vader could and, and did and, and Anakin uh, when Hayden Christensen was in the role too. But all that I thought deserved a little more time. And this one seemed just short on time. I always look at the clock and go like, oh, there's, 10 minutes left here. Great. No, that's 10 minutes of credits. Jesus Christ. <laughs> My God, Disney, get your shit together. You know, put that in a, a, a sing, something, something else, but give us more show. And all yeah. those foreign credits. It's like, okay, okay. Oh, okay. the dubbing okay. and the okay. constant. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, Mark, uh, you just hopped in. Uh, what did you think of the episode? Sure. Uh, it'd be nice. But... <laughs> yeah. Um... It was it was it was anticlimactic. Um, it it there's this trend with these shows to where I think what Jeff was alluding to. I'm not even looking for a longer, uh, you know, episodes necessarily, but give me one. I mean, longer episodes, but just give me a couple more because there are a lot of great ideas that are introduced, and they took the path of least resistance with this finale. It was, it was, it was so by the numbers and predictable yeah. in many ways, you know, and I regret it. I did like the zombie stormtroopers. I'm glad they actually went there, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of things in here that they build up to that. They just kind of touch and, and go, you know, and, and what's even got me wor worse than this. So uh, I would still like a star Wars show, at some point that actually focuses on the character the show was named after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for exploring the rest of the universe. That's fine. Let's do that through them. You know, you had that in the Mandalorian. The first season of Mandalorian is the way you do. It's called the Mandalorian. We stuck with the Mandalorian. We found out about him, it, you know, and then it kind of drifted away. Ahsoka had maybe one and a half total episodes to where it was focused on her dealing mm -hmm. with stuff from the Clone Wars, dealing with Anakin actually having been Vader. Yes, yeah, spoiler, folks. Uh, Anakin <laughs> being Vader, you know, all of that. And it, like even not even a full length of an episode, she suddenly goes from being cynical and oh, towards Sabine and Man, you know, I really got to talk to her. She she goes to the world between worlds, has this revelation, this existential thing. She comes out the other side, and suddenly she's more chill than Yoda. Um, mm. You know, like, oh, hey, Sabine, how you doing? Yeah, I know you just unleashed Thrawn back onto our galaxy. It's okay. Yeah. It's, all, it's important that we good. got back to, it's important that Ezra got home. Yeah, so did Thrawn, and that's going to affect well, way more lives than Ezra. She had to get her Gandalf on. Well, well, that was the thing is they didn't even allude to that. She's like just suddenly staring off going, 
Ezra's where he needed to be. I'm like, oh, now Ezra's. At... I'm like two episodes ago. You're going, man, Sabine screwed the galaxy right now. I got to go, you know, lay some smack down. And, and that's what I didn't like is how they have this epic event of Thrawn returning to the galaxy. You have this epic thing to where Balin, who may he rest in peace, Ray, I, I, I'd love a sh just following him. He is the most fascinating Star Wars character and probably the best thing to come out of any of the shows in a long time because he was an interesting character who was a fallen Jedi, not a Sith, not exactly good. He has different motivations that he's actually using all the other bad guys just to get to his final goal. You know, he was a very interesting character. And he didn't show up like Jeff said. He didn't show up till on the arm of a, a statue at the very end of the freaking episode. You're like, well, where the hell's he been? You know? <laughs> and uh, honestly, Mark, to build on that for a second, and I don't want to get into like a screenwriting 101. I, I think it's basically mm -hmm. storytelling 101 that you would teach a, a kid how to write a story in junior high. Okay, we've set up all these characters and, you know, you go through the IMDB page and you've got the, the main characters sitting there and same with the Wikipedia. And then you don't bring Hera's kid back. You don't have her even in the thing until the very end. Balin, who is set up as the villain for a number of episodes before, uh, you know, Thrawn even shows up. And you don't do anything with it. Who would say that's great storytelling? As but much hey, as we, we love Filoni, but as much as we love Filoni, <laughs> and he's done a great job. I mean, we've been praising him left and right all this season, and he did this one better, I think, than most of the ones we've watched and talked about. At least uh, that I've been sort of paying as as close attention to, knowing that there were faults in in um, you know Obi Wan and some others. But this one was going great guns, and it's like. Do I agree with you, Mark? It's like you don't have to do eight episodes. You can do ten, but tell them well. Or if you're going to do eight, make it an hour and a half. So, you know, even what you said about where was the come to Jesus moment about like, okay, I thought I died, but I didn't, and I came back, and here's my new life thought uh, on how to approach things from a, 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 a you know. Ahsoka instead, she's just kind of Zen, and you know, you made the allusion to Gandalf, but this is a very female show and characters like that are supposed to always be much more about you know sort of talking about feelings and stuff i know that's a cliche but this is you feel that throughout this i think in a way even the way ahsoka battled uh against uh, uh martha it wasn't quite as vicious as it could have been there was something even elegant and almost sort of defensive about it where where are these lines of dialogue as i said many weeks ago Rather than always defaulting to, well, I'm going to do the greatest uh, lightsaber battle since uh, uh, Return of the uh, Jedi, maybe. But how about a great conversation between characters that doesn't always just try to say, let's strip it down to six lines. I, I just don't understand why nobody talks in Star Wars world. They're all just like, <laughs> you know, are you to. going to do they that? They used to. Yes, I yeah. am. No, they didn't. They haven't talked in any You, they didn't talk in Empire of the Strikes in Empire Strikes uh, Back, I except disagree. for Yoda. Yeah, Yoda's the only I mean. person who's carried the dialogue like mm -hmm. that. Like had a real philosophy and talks and tells you what it is that everybody mocks him. But you know, Han Solo can say, "I know, great, that's the perfect <laughs> terse line when he's about to be frozen." But can anybody else just tell us what they're thinking or what they feel or? I just went through a life and death uh, uh, change, and now I'm just, hey, it's okay. I'm kind of riding at the top of the spaceship, like kicking back and feeling groovy. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's this, here's the thing. I think 
Is it because Dave Filoni made these television shows both featuring Ahsoka that he felt like, well, we don't need to establish her character anymore? And if that's true, that's not that's not a good excuse to not establish that character more. The show is called Ahsoka, so have Ahsoka in it. And instead, you know, we're we're going to this grander scheme, I think, to set up Dave Filoni's sequel trilogy. But again, when you get so much set up, set up, set up, you're you're get bored with diminishing returns for payoff. And that's sort of how this show feels. It just feels like, okay, no, wait, no, wait. We're going to give you something really cool. Just wait. Here it is. Oh, here's the cool thing. Okay, now you got to wait a little longer. And that's sort of just been the entire feeling I've been getting throughout this thing. I know we've been real giddy and uppity about the show, but I have my concerns with it. And, yeah, that last episode, when I, I remember when I saw the link, I yelled out loud, 48 minutes? Because I knew <laughs> – it wasn't going to be 48. It was going to be more like 38 minutes. Mm. And that's just, you know, that that is just lazy storytelling. When you couldn't do much, if you're trying to build up Thrawn to be the, the biggest bad guy in the galaxy, and that he's this master strategist, his only strategy was to slow down Ahsoka a little bit so he could take, take off in his ship before finishing delivering his uh, cargo. That's all you have? Whatever his cargo is. Yeah, they oh, like oh that's bodies. It's yeah. bodies. Why why tease us with throwing episode five in the theaters, making us think that there's some grand finale that's gonna be like, oh man, maybe they're gonna throw that in the theaters, and there is no way I would spend money to watch episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what, John, you just brought up a very good point, and this is one of my problems with all of this Star Wars stuff, is I feel it's a tease. Like mm -hmm. it's like it's really oh, doesn't. Yeah. It's not interested in a conclusion. It's not interested in in basic storytelling. I'm gonna just quickly, Sarah, and then I promise I'll be quiet. But uh -huh. you know, it's funny in The Godfather Part Two after they had established really the arc of Michael from kind of this innocent and and the events that happened to him. And by the end of Godfather, he's this ruthless Don. But in The Godfather, he has scenes where he explains himself to Kay. He has that great scene where he talks to his dad and, you know, is already sort of taking over. And it's a 10 minute scene between him and Brando where you realize that the, the Michael character now gets it. Again, he's talking about actions and doing things and we see all this, but he's also telling in sort of a testimony way of why he is now who he is. And he's explaining that to the people who care about him. He does the same thing, even from the business standpoint, throughout Godfather 2. And I, I just think that's such a fascinating character arc from him at the beginning of Godfather to the end. Like when he talks to the senator about, like, we're both corrupt and, you know, don't sit here and, and sneer down at me like, you know, the mafia is different in, in the, the shenanigans it does versus the Senate and stuff like that. And I'm just thinking here, you've got this character that we've all talked about, and she's beloved through everything, and she was a big deal, and Rosaria Dawson's a very capable actress uh, and you know, in Mandalorian. And does she have three lines ever that she says in a row? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get that. She never explains herself. If you came back from a near-death experience and somebody said, how are you feeling? Oh, suddenly you're all now in white. What is that about? Well, you see, I saw this white light when I was under the ocean. You'd at least explain your wardrobe, but she doesn't say uh, anything. Uh, uh. And I just don't know where these people are in the writer's room going, that's Star Wars. That's the way to tell a story. It's like, yeah, give me a good lightsaber battle, but tell me who these characters are and why they've changed. That's her arc. Her name is on the show's title. 
she has to do that. And that is storytelling 101. I don't care if you're in seventh grade or you're in the master class of the UCLA film program. You need to tell audiences that. Otherwise, you're teasing us and frankly fucking us over because this is not the way to end a, a series. If we have to wait two more years for it, I just think that's disrespectful. And they probably think, oh, we're being so clever. They're just going to be waiting with bated breath. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I want a story that has an ending once in a while, or at least a concluding chapter that feels like an ending. So I can go, well, there's another adventure to be had, just like in a comic book, but this was a satisfying uh, issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, t I felt like Mandalorian season two was the last time we kind of got something that felt like an ending before, you know, they took a giant shit on it by having, you know, uh, Grogu reunite with Mando in Book of Boba Fett. But yeah, I mean, if anything, Disney just doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to telling these stories. And Dave Filoni, everyone praised him as the savior of Star Wars. And I thought, well, not really, because for as good as Rebels and the Clone Wars were, it still had a whole lot of filler in it. And I mean a whole lot of filler. Like, you could skip the first two and a half seasons of that show, and you wouldn't miss anything. You could skip the movie. That oh, sucked. yeah, you could skip the movie that started it all. And who wrote and directed that? That was Dave Filoni. I'll take so. uh, was it Gen Gendy Kartowski's uh, Clone Wars versions? That was those were oh cool. god, oh yeah, those, those fun, those shorts that they did mm -hmm. on Cartoon they Network. Awesome. I love those. Those yeah, were great animation. Yeah, oh. where Mace Windu starts hitting the robots <laughs> like they're like they're pachinko <laughs> machines. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's I, funny too because they put this one looked great. I mean, they had some great set pieces. Yeah. It all looked good. The special effects, which were a little bit, you know, questionable in some places, but it's just yeah. you just wonder why these holes are there. I I just don't. Did you guys notice there was one scene on the staircase when it literally just sounded like somebody was going? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was, yes. that was blowing my mind. Like I'm like. <laughs> Are you they got Laura Dern like, back for that. Are you just like slamming your your choo, plastic choo. characters together in the in in the in the den, uh, you know, making noise? Like, what is happening with this episode? Like, why did Thrawn put imperial doorways on this castle that's been there for billions of years? Like, what? What? There's so many flaws with this episode. It is so goofy. But that and, isn't that isn't that Star Wars? That's exactly what Star Wars has been since day one. And whose castle was that to begin with? Wasn't it the sisters? It it yeah. was just some yeah, just some death and or yeah, some yeah. It was it was the sisters. It was it was the 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 sisters' uh, temple. It was yeah, there. It was the Dathomir temple. There was no reaction when he's like bomb the place. There was yeah, no I mean, reaction from that. Three of them looked at each other and were like, uh, "Is he really doing this?" And that was it. And, and there was like, yeah, no reaction at all. You know, they and they didn't and they didn't fire on the platform where everybody was standing. They fired at the base of the thing where there was no people. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and then like, when he really hellfire, he's like, it's, it's like, dude, like this episode yeah. just unraveled the entirety of the series. Really, you know, as, <laughs> as I watched this season, I was I was thinking to myself, maybe there's too much volume here, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I, that's why I prefer Andor because it was actually filmed mm -hmm. yeah. on actual locations. Um, and say what you want about the storylines and everything and, and the original trilogy or, or whatever, but at least those actual locations felt like places. Yeah, but to me, the volume, uh, you know, maybe the first season, maybe the first season and a half of Mandalorian. Oh, that's pretty cool. But after a while, it just feels like 
they're being filmed in a lifeless place. Yeah. Like like those times where um, uh, Balin and his apprentice are and they're they're hanging out on top of that butte and there's that star map and stuff. I'm mm -hmm. like, this is the volume. Yeah. You know, and that time when we're on that the desert area and there's those little turtle Ewok characters, this is the volume. Yeah. You know, it's like it doesn't feel real uh, because yeah. so if you know and we know it, it it's not it takes us out of it or at least me. You know, I don't know. Yeah, especially because like that volume, it does. I don't know if they're allowed to do more uh, tricky camera work with it because it has that way that the prequels were shot. And where it's like it's a flat shot with two over the shoulders. And I think they're yeah. doing that so that in post-production, they don't have to key so much in. They, you know, because they have a still frame. And that's what's kind of odd about it is that it's very static. It's very stoic. And it kind of takes away from the energy of the picture. I mean, the reason Andor worked was because it actually used 16 episodes to develop its characters. Yes. And it, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, but that's boring to watch. I'm like... So? I'm okay with being a little bored, yeah. you know, if it's because because if there's stuff that it actually leads to, like there's that wonderful um, speech from Stellan Skarsgård as to why mm -hmm. he's the rebel that's and why awesome. he does what he does. It's like, that's what I want in Star Wars. There's some good fucking dialogue that someone could write. And instead, they waste most of their time using two words because, I mean, let's face it, as good as Clone Wars Rebels were, it's very basic dialogue. It is. It's a kid's show. Yeah. You know, and that's what they're doing with this. So, I mean, I would love to get someone like a Tony Gilroy on who can actually write some real dialogue and real situations to these events instead of, oh, we got to set up the next cool unboxing video for someone to see. Well, that's where Balin was so interesting as a character because he was talking about it like a very shrewd businessman or, very you know, stoic. like, uh, uh, but, but also, you know, getting a little bit more specific. It wasn't all that like, and again, I don't want to knock the original stuff, but uh, the uh, the emperor wasn't exactly the most persuasive of salespeople. <laughs> you know, it was a lot of things like, oh, Do it. yes, your hate is building. Oh, I mean, I just, you, it, it, by the, 40 years on, we need some more oomph in this. There's got to be some more. These characters, nope. they're shorthanded already. They've never explained, you know, the, 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 the physical parts of these characters, unless you've gone into that, I kept waiting for somebody to tell me that these, uh, these sort of things of, uh, <laughs> are going to at some point do something other than just <laughs> be sort of like these weird limbs that just lay there. Um, uh, cause I don't know it as well as any of you guys, but I do know cause I was there when the original movies came out as a, as a teenager and, um, you know, it was great stuff, but, you know, the characters came through. I mean, thank God you had Alec Guinness. Thank God you had Frank Oz. They carried a lot of dialogue and told a lot of the essence here. And you've got a terrific actress like Rosario Dawson. My God, the banter that she had with Clive Owen and Cincy was worth the price of admission just to hear those two. It's like, I want a movie about those two. You know, do I kiss him? Do I kill him? Do I do a little <laughs> of both? I don't know, but it's all good. Uh, it makes for fascinating cinema. But here... You know, she looked great. She fought great. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, you're going to think about it in, in retrospect. And, and that Diana Lee Inosanto, who played uh, Martha, she's a stun woman. And she's doing all her own stuff with Rosario Dawson. And it's, un, you know, uh, unbridled sort of action for for seconds at a time like John Wick. But 
who are these people around him and why are they just fighting? Because they're told to? Wouldn't they have at some point a conversation? I just don't know why these people don't think that Star Wars can handle talk. Uh, they get so obsessed with, wow, look at that introduction to that set and those stairs and the vastness of that hull of that ship or hey we're now in the whale's mouth it's gorgeous i, I love that that was one of my favorite images ever in star wars those space whales flowing through what the fuck that was incredible but i trade five you know minutes of watching them for two minutes of ahsoka saying you know when i was almost dead i was thinking maybe that uh maybe that force thing should be able to bring me back to life and not some person who i'm at the mercy of you know the kid who feels it uh, you know something i would have taken talking whales there you go <laughs> what do you think about all this well let me tell you, you where do you want to go here i would have the... taken five minutes with the jizz whalers man <laughs> you can't call it that anymore <laughs> the, the, yeah what are the, they called now the i band? think it's jets or something oh yeah, if whatever. if you really want to look at how to do a short mini series there's two series to look at I know your first say. the first season of heroes they didn't plan on doing another heroes after that if you look at the way heroes yeah. actually plays out it ends it's and that story was done and then they had a big hit in the student and the studio's like hey could you give us 12 more and they're like uh, uh okay mm. and Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, the first yeah. miniseries of Battlestar Galactica was a tight, like, what, six or eight episodes. Every episode moved the plot. You were intrigued. By the end of that season, you could have ended it there. They might not have gotten another season, and you would have been fine, yet they left stuff open to where if you were going to do it, you could. Here, the problem, not only with this but with pretty much every Star Wars series we've gotten outside of Andor, I actually like Andor quite a bit. I, I, I will say Andor, I like the way it was handled. Even if you get the, the dime store, uh, uh, you know, uh, guy from, uh, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, you got a dime store, Kyle McLaughlin story in there, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> Even with that in there, I liked Andor because it did take some beats for you to actually get familiar here, especially in Ahsoka. They've got great ideas going on. You've got, especially in this final episode, Thrawn annihilating the, the tower of the, the mothers of the sisters and them looking at each other. And then they're just like, OK, that could have caused some conflict or the sisters are actually played Thrawn to get them back to Dothamir, to their planet so they could mm -hmm. bring back their sisters. You could play that mm -hmm. angle. That's not touch at all. They, re mm -hmm. they, they refer to a number of times Ahsoka's battle on Mandalore and how Sabine is a Mandalorian, and there could have been some alluded to conflict there. They never do anything with yeah. it. That, that, that could have been some great actual make-sense conflict mm -hmm. than what they were trying to do at the beginning of this show. Hera conflicting with the Senate. I like that bit, but we don't get a whole lot of that. And you know what? This show isn't called Hera. It's called Ahsoka. We should have been exploring how Ahsoka was still dealing with the fact that her main man, Anakin, who taught her, was the biggest badass of the galaxy, killed tons of people. And what kind of Jedi is she actually? You know, you could have established a lot of that and still touched on these things. Hell, have Thrawn do as his own series or whatever. You know, that's one thing. Thrawn in Rebels uh, was a bit better than the Thrawn here because a bit? 
a, a lot. He was a lot better because he seemed to understand a lot of parts and Jedi's didn't shake him. Uh-huh. In Ahsoka, it looked like uh, you know, the Jedi's and e- even the sisters at one point using their magic unnerved him and he didn't think of everything with them because you know whatever they're mystical users or whatever whereas in rebels he didn't give a damn he's like oh i accounted for that yeah i knew these guys were going to charge i knew these guys were going to do this and i knew these guys were going to do this well i let me say that i i I agree with you there but it seems as soon as he was handed that data pad he switched (laughs) to the guy that you're talking about right now yeah (laughs) yeah he figured out that Ahsoka was Anakin slash Vader's prodigy mm-hmm. and was like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that, 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 that data pad he, he had Star Wars Wikipedia. That data pad had Star Wars Wikipedia on it. That's why. Pretty much. Yeah, That's shoot. pretty much exactly what you got. But mm-hmm. By the yeah, way, I mean, uh, you, just... you could see him make that switch from the super strong. But we didn't get enough of that guy. Right. And no. we, but yeah, and yeah, I totally agree with them. By the uh, way, uh, just in reference to heroes, I think you're exactly right about that. That first season was 23 episodes, and that was one of the last wow. years that networks started to do that. That uh, still did dramas that were over 20 episodes, and the tendency in the last five or six years has been to cut them down to really what is almost like the 13 episode thing, which Mm -hmm. they used to do as the break. And then they would come back with the, 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 the last uh, nine or 10. Um, And I'm not suggesting that they need to go that many episodes here or that any show always has to do that. But, you know, if they're going to introduce new characters here and do an entire episode where basically, uh, you know, Ahsoka isn't in it, you have to have longer episodes or more of them. Mm -hmm. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, there's no, there's no reason that you would do a show named after a character and have her miss an episode. In fact, what they would tell you again, I don't mean to keep going back to basic storytelling, but as soon as you would introduce any of these characters is like, okay, how does that relate to our title character? Mm-hmm. What does that person pre- uh, present either in, in the way of friendship or foe for the, the arc of Ahsoka? And you would not say, well, I'm going to have to take an episode to explain who Sabine is. No, that's, you can't, it's just, they do it, and yeah, it, it's, it's you know, a lot of bad storytelling these days, but it's not good storytelling, and they do that here again and again. There were episodes where Amanda wasn't in the, the mm-hmm. you know, it, was, it almost seemed like it was the show set up for, for Katie Sackhoff to take over, because she had a lot more screen time in certain episodes than he did. What are they doing? I don't get that. Yep. And I don't think Star Wars fans are going like, to your point, David, we want the full Wikipedia. We want all 20 of these characters in one episode, and I'm just going to cheer every time somebody walks on. Don't have Hera's kid come on if, if that character isn't going to mean something. And if that character meant something in the cartoon shows or the books, but you're not going to use that kid here for something more valuable other than he saves Ahsoka when she's under the water, write somebody else to save her. Or some mm-hmm. other way to save her, but don't waste that time on a character that you never hear from again for except for that episode. Right. I, I just can't believe that. And 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 I mean, I kept thinking this has to be the Balin episode because Ray Stevenson's gone and everybody's talking about how great he was and he was great and he's been gone for a couple episodes while they've made more out of Thrawn and then he's not in it at all. I, I and if that's because he died, then you have to rewrite the story. Yeah, well now they're now they're forced to rewrite it. Well, they'll recast it. They'll recast it, I'm sure. But yeah, but but nonetheless, it's like if if he didn't die before the filming of this 
ended, then there's no reason for that episode to have him in for all of 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, he, I didn't even know why he was there or what he was looking out into. And if that's something they're setting up, well, I got to wait two years for that. Yeah. And why don't they have him explaining to his apprentice? Why is she even separated from him at this point? They've had a couple of days to get back together and they can't call each other. Well, you know? she's possibly lead the, the, are, there no, the are there no howler uh, Ubers in that? Whole <laughs> <desert planet laughs> Come on. They can find each other. Hey, I'm at the corner of, uh, you know, Tatooine Avenue and uh, old ruins. I, I think a, our biggest, our I biggest mean, beast with these, like our biggest beef with these shows are the finales. They're just falling yes. flat. Like they're mm -hmm. getting us, getting us, getting us, getting us there. And then once we're there, they're just like, eh, you know what? You're not worth the trouble. They're like we're Stephen just, King books. They just don't end well. We're just going <laughs> to stop it. The only one that stands out is maybe Kenobi. Like the ending of that show feels like that was the, yeah. like where they started in the yeah. writer's room and then worked backwards to yeah. fill in the yeah. gap. But at least that show did have, have a finale episode. though. And then give us an hour long or an hour and 15 long finale where it's movie quality. Yes. And it wraps everybody, like all of the characters that you introduced have something to do with the finale. It makes no sense. Just like, like every single one of us have said more than one time. And just this, <laughs> like give us the rest of the characters that you built up in the, in the finale. Like there's no reason to, especially with the writer strike. I know they didn't know that that was coming, but these things happen. Like give us, closure on some of this there's li there's literally no closure aside from ezra jumping off of his ship and being like come on well, well and even well, that is like oh, okay who cares they didn't, well they and, not, not, and not only that i'm sorry okay look i can i i can forgive some things i i'm not a hard butt on it on a lot of things but i'm like thrawn is the thrawn guy he's got all his guys there so ezra uh hobos it onto a shuttle after <laughs> after uh you know dressing up as a stormtrooper manages to get the shuttle manages to get off the star destroyer without any battle any fight anything even if he is a jedi you can't tell me thrawn didn't kind of see this possible angle coming thrawn and rebels would have you know mm -hmm. at least give us a battle to where ezra fought his way off the ship onto the shuttle when and those two guards didn't Jason? check in, he should have known immediately what was going yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> and what I, were those idiots doing when they, when Sabine was throwing Ezra at them? Yeah. They were just standing there. They could have been shooting. Well, they There's were they were zombie guys. In this episode. Like they're just like they have no personality. Uh, it's it's crazy. You know, they're just like with their with their plastic guys right. going. Oh, I'm gonna do. It's gonna be. You know, it's basically turning into Fast and Furious now. Like, what do you guys do? I just don't know what they're thinking about not ending it. To your point, they yeah. they think that everybody's just going to sit and talk about it and wonder. And, but they're going to the, forget about it. Forget about it. You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can wait till season two. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just wait till all of it's available to stream. Well, and, and, and to that point, you know, again, not to bring up old television, but in the old days... TV shows were 22, you know, dramas back in the 60s and 70s were generally like 28 episodes. So they would have these people um, 
you know, uh, committed to the show and they would have an end and then they go right back into filming it. So it was literally like maybe three months again, the summer, you know, they do the summer replacement series and stuff. And then the show would come back on in September. That was the big thing, the fall preview TV guide and everything else. And here, I just don't know why they give you these endless cliffhangers that go on forever and ever when with the special effects involved in them and everything, you are going to have to wait over two years. Mm -hmm. It's not like when you were waiting for the movies. Yes, there was a, you know, uh, an uncon a, a lack of conclusion at the end of Empire Strikes Back, even though it was a very satisfying mm -hmm. contained chapter and stuff. But that's not the story anymore. It's not those films and they aren't special. And these are series now. It's like if we're going to do TV series, do a TV series, yeah. make them longer episodes, develop the characters. That's that's the whole thing that is supposedly the the better thing about television is that you have time to develop characters. And here they're as short shrifted as they are if you were only doing a two hour movie. I mean, the fact I, I would love to count Ahsoka's lines and go through it all and see how many lines she had. Did yeah. she have a hundred in eight episodes? I'll bet she didn't. Yeah. Well, that no. the, the most unfortunate thing with this is that they already have these characters who are pre-established and you could do something with them instead of just shooting zombie stormtroopers and chasing after <laughs> Thrawn. And you you barely get any of that. There's no room to breathe here. It's just constant action, and unfortunately, that's kind of what Star Wars has always been. Even the Empire Strikes Back. There, you know, you have Luke fighting Vader, and then you have uh, Han. Or I'm sorry, not Han. He's frozen by then. But you have Leia and Chewie going around shooting stormtroopers. You know, trying to get off a of Bespin. But at least there was some sort of driving force or motivator to that. Here the motivator is to stop Thrawn, but we know he's going to get away because there's no way they're going to take this long to bring him back just to toss him away again. And it gets boring to watch after a while. And I just think, is this even the best format to wait week by week for these episodes to come? Because if I'm waiting an entire week to see how Ahsoka is going to wrap up, and then I see that ugly 48-minute time marker on my screen – I my my yeah. immediately my 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 enthusiasm goes down, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm like, okay, great, this is 48 minutes. I'm gonna be constantly checking the time to see, you know, how much time is left. And I don't know why they're doing that. Yeah. Shit, even the Bad Batch, they started their <clears throat> first episode at like an hour and 20 minutes, and they didn't conclude that way. And I have no idea why. And, you know, it's because they, they want to stretch these things out for more seasons and for more subscribers. But the thing is, if they keep making series like this where there's a whole lot of buildup and then very little payoff at the end, they're going to lose people who are watching these shows. I mean, as a Star Wars fan, I'm just feeling like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll see what Ahsoka Season 2 is like when all the episodes are out and I can just binge them. Because if I can't do that and I got to wait week by week, I'm not going to do that. It's just that's too much investment. Here, here's the thing that I think that they're missing and they have missed from pretty much the start. Yeah, I, we're looking back at the original trilogy and go, oh, well, this is weak. This should have been done more. But when those came out, we figured that was all we were going to get. Mm -hmm. And they fell mm -hmm. on some tropes. And while it may have been a little bit weak story you got in there you're like you weren't sure there was going to be a sequel much less anything else so you were happy with whatever you got from your characters and that's why they were also tropish it's similar to a horror film in that you have everybody wants to kind of see the slasher or the scares so you have all of your characters 
kind of in these tropes, in these archetypes that you kind of can peg immediately. You know, even in Star Wars, smuggler, smuggler's buddy, princess, you know, student, master, wizard. You know, you've got all these and those are enough for back then for when you get the story. I think all of us as Star Wars fans were having hope with these series. We're going, okay, we've got a chance now to explore deeper into these characters. We did not get a chance to learn more about Mm. late earlier in the film. I thought that's what this was going to be. We're going book of Boba Fett. (laughs) Holy crap. We're going to learn a lot about (laughs) Boba Fett. No, No, we aren't. Ahsoka, even though we spent a lot of time with her in Clone Wars and, and she showed up occasionally in Rebels, here you're like, let's find out how she's handling after the Empire fell, how she's mm-hmm. reflecting on this nope. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna do a show like uh this where it's not gonna feature the main character that much, and I'm gonna invoke it because it's one of my all-time favorite films of the last 23 years. Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road, the main character, does not say hardly anything. He is an observer. He's there. He's there while things are happening. He's not necessarily adding to it. He's supporting, but he's still there. You know he's there. Mm-hmm. Here and in Andor even and in o- you're getting episodes where the main character is gone, which is fine if you're going 12 episodes. But you're looking at this six or eight episode count and going, okay, my main character's gone for a third of this season. Why do I even care? But Mad Max Beyond uh, uh, Fury Road also worked because we had had movies of him before that. And here he was in a sort of prisoner situation. So him having to sort of be quiet and observer. Plus, uh, you know, arguably, whether it was intended as a little bit of a sly uh, play on the whole shebang. But George Miller made Furiosa, basically, mm-hmm. Mad Max in this one, you know. Uh, right. Uh, and, and even to the point where, you know, she was kind of more badass in many respects than, than Max was. But that's to your point, Mark, uh, uh, and it's a very good one. Very rare. I, I mean, you, you, usually, you usually would not be allowed in any kind of writing course or any kind of storytelling agreement with somebody who would buy your book, your comic book, pay to see your movie, to have the person off the screen so much it just it's it's just it's anarchy it's silliness it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 immaturity and i don't know why the heck the star wars world which is somewhat i don't want to say simple but it it's not hugely intellectual uh would do something like that that to me is so basic it can't be more intellectual but it chooses not to be it chooses to not do what tony gilroy did with andor and because yeah. they want to know that kids are going to see it and this is Disney. We gotta sell it to the children. But guess what? A lot of the children have moms and dads who grew up on Star Wars who'd like to see something more mature, even if Star Wars is made for kids. Because guess what? When when we get some when we get time to talk to these characters and to, to invoke in their stories, then we're invested. But without any of that and just constant action, we're just getting nothing to to really go off of here. And when do you have that? What are you going to do? Wait for the next action scene so then you can get to another one? I mean, someone wrote an article recently saying the Star Wars shows feel like unboxing videos. Yeah. You look at it. You look at it this way, too. Um, I'm going to say right now the best Star Wars series to come out since Disney Plus started doing these are the two volumes of Visions. 
Mm-hmm. Star Wars mm-hmm. visions, yeah. Regardless of even if all of them aren't the strongest, that's the type of stuff they should be doing. You have a massive world that was built by George, who, regardless of how bad he writes dialogue and he can't really direct himself out of a wet paper bag most of the time, he can world build, and he gave all yeah. these puzzle pieces for this massive world that the only place we've seen this really explored. Is in Star Wars Visions, good or bad, they explored a lot of different themes and ideas, whether or not they were outrageous or not. And I I keep bringing up my favorite episode still is, I think it's called The Ninth Jedi. I want to see that whole series about how, you know, Jedi were gone for a while. Lightsaber colors are based on your power and and your, your... kind of alignment and and there was a whole lot of interesting stuff that had nothing to do with luke tatooine vader had nothing to do with no links to anakin or anything with skywalker whatsoever or stuff that we had been introduced to before i mean they hinted at it there was a cameo here and there but most of those stories and visions were exploring completely separate worlds with new characters who might have similar abilities and stuff because you're playing in that same world it was refreshing to watch because you didn't have expectations because you didn't know what to expect because these are brand new things versus, Oh, look, Ahsoka, she's a tied to Anakin. Anakin's tied to Obi-Wan, tied to Luke. Oh, look, it's the whole, we're on this part of the galaxy. again. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. Star Wars is a galaxy and somehow, Nobody knows how to expand upon that. I mean, the, the most I've seen it being expanded was like when I played Bioware's Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> yes, where yes. You're actually getting an entire world, an entirely different era of Jedi and Sith. And we're getting invested in the story of Darth Revan. Who the hell is Darth Revan and why should I care? And you know, it ends with another planet destroying device, which okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but outside of that, you actually had a Star Wars property that had nothing to do with Skywalkers or Solos or any of these people that we've known so well. And hey, I'm not gonna lie, I love that episode of Ahsoka, episode five, where you get Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. Hayden's acting that great? No, but you know, that's just what you're gonna get with him. And at least that developed Ahsoka's character, at least for, I think, the first half of that episode. The second half was just her, you know, making contact with the whales. And, you know, we never got to hear her new philosophy on life outside of that. It was just, okay, let's get back to trying to save everyone. And, I mean, I'll I'll not forget the, uh, you know, when we got to the next episode where they finally introduced Thrawn, we just got a whole lot of screen time where... Sabine Wren is going around on her, you know, space hound mm-hmm. trying to find her friends, you know, and I'm going, well, you know, does this, if you haven't seen Rebels, who's going to care if Ezra shows up? It's like, oh, there's Ezra Bridger. Like, oh, great. Space Jesus is here. Why should I care that <laughs> space much? Space Aladdin. Space Moses or Aladdin. Yeah. Space yeah. Moses yeah. or Aladdin. He's more accurate to how Jesus yep. would have, would have, would have looked, you know? And, yeah. and, even then, he's been he's been secluded. Yeah, he's working with you know the the not Beatles. Uh, he's working with them, and just you could have explored to where Ezra went batshit crazy at 
while secluded, trying to avoid Thrawn, be paranoid or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. be something other than, oh, hey, Sabine, I knew you'd show up. Oh, yeah, we just stayed out of the way of Thrawn. I've only been out here for 10, Ten freaking years. years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he could have been, it would have been nice if he was disillusioned with the Force. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, he's touched, used the dark side before. He's like he's been <laughs> off balance before. So it's like why why is he just like this? Happy? He's exactly the same kid that we lost ten years. Like that's just a weird lack no of no there. As we think with the world building, the one chance where we thought we were going to get more than the sliver of Tatooine from Disney was when we got the Book of Boba Fett. We're like, oh, this dude's a bounty hunter. He's got a chip. He works with bounty hunters. We're going to see him work with bounty hunters. Like, no, he's just jammed and stuck on Tatooine. In the back of the tank. Same as Kenobi. The same as the beginning of this show was like, okay, it's not Tatooine, but it's the same thing. Like, oh, my goodness, you guys. Like, I I understand repetition is awesome, and that's what made Force Awakens so amazing. Sarcasm. Um, Yeah. But, like, break, (laughs) break away from the norm and give us some stuff that is, I don't want to just say like cool, but a little bit different. Like lightsabers are great, but I wanted to see Boba Fett link with Bosk or Dengar. I wanted to get a little bit more out of the Cat Bane character. Or or at least having a drink with them. Zuckus. It would have been great to see Zuckus. I would have loved to see. It it absolutely makes sense that he would take over Jabba's palace, but have that to be the center of the entire show is ridiculous. Like what do you think? See, the, the other thing, too, that I think they miss these opportunities and they don't see the forest or the trees very well is, um, you know, from everything that I've listened to you guys talking about uh, the last uh, episodes that we've been doing this together, because I'm not the Star Wars <clears throat> aficionado like you all are. But, okay, so, uh, you know, Ahsoka is kind of this character sort of in the middle. You know, she was studying to be a Jedi and she kind of rejected that. And, you know, of course, the whole thing with her 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 mentor went south and everything else so and you know when she first came on here i thought she seemed to be kind of more out for herself not necessarily on either side and i made the comparison that she reminded me a little bit of the man with no name etc cetera, etc cetera. and then she kind of gets her gandalf moment as david said and then and, and it now seems zen to the point of almost but but then she's forced to fight and, you know, her lightsaber is broken. And then she, you know, sort of becomes this vicious killer with a bat, uh, very reminiscent of Darth Vader's uh, fighting and, and Luke's learning to fight like that against his father in the th- third of the Star Wars films. And then at the end, she sees Anakin and she just is kind of zen about it. But to me, it's almost like maybe there's the darker side that she still has untapped in her, or maybe that's a little bit, maybe we thought this arc was okay. Now she almost drowned. She's kind of the good now, but maybe not. I I just, I would love to sit and ask these people who made this, like, what is the intent of focusing on this character other than she's known in the lore? Because I can tell you that, you know, if you look at a movie like the untouchables, what's the point of the untouchables? Kevin Costner says it in the, Five minutes left in the movie. I've seen, you know, that which I have, uh, you know, rejected, and yet I've become that to win, basically. And he did. He throws uh, Nitty off the building and uh, switches the juries and, you know, plays dirty. Finally does what uh, Connery's uh, Jimmy Malone asked him in the church. Are you willing to 
play dirty to get What are you phone. prepared to do? Exactly. <laughs> That's how you get it. That's the Chicago way. Um, okay, now I know what this, the point of. He starts out as a Boy Scout, and by the end, he's still the good guy, but he's had to throw away a lot of his idealism to win, and that's the game. That's the adult world we live in. What's Ahsoka's arc here? I don't get her arc. And and it can't just be George Lucas shrugging and going, well, you know, when I was a kid, everything was black and white and good versus bad, and, you know, is John Wayne ever bad? Yeah. Did you ever see the searchers? He's not a good man. And at the end, he doesn't win because he's kept out of the family. That's that famous end shot with him walking away as the, the black frame of the house is like where he can't enter. So – what is it? What is he drawing upon? And what is the what was the intent when they sat down? We're going to tell the story of Ahsoka. Okay, what's the character arc? We're just going to do it because she's cool. That's you can't do that. It's not good storytelling. No, it's not. And I'm afraid. Uh, so I don't. I, I. You know, I used to be optimistic for Star Wars's future, and I feel like you can't do a lot with Star Wars. It feels like it's this huge universe that's kind of limiting. It feels like everyone has to tell a story that features TIE fighters and X-Wings and Star Destroyers and all this other stuff, but they're forgetting how to actually tell stories with dynamic characters or morally gray areas or something that we could see other than the familiar. And without that, we're just mm -hmm. constantly getting the same stuff spoon-fed to us year after year with Star Wars content after Star Wars content. And it's getting old. I'm actually kind of feeling actually after after that finale wrapped up, I kind of saw it and I went, huh. Like I didn't I, I felt like okay, I was expecting this as a bare minimum to be the episode. Now that I got that, I don't really feel very gratified. And I feel like I'm just gonna get that same feeling for whatever the next show is that they're gonna produce. The problem is the producers and studios it's the problem that a lot of shows, especially the genre shows and even movies to a certain point are listening too much to the internet. I'm going to put it out mm. right now. I am. A, we just had this discussion at work because my best friend of 35 years and I are at very much odds with the sequel trilogy. Mm. I enjoyed last Jedi. I enjoyed a lot. He hates Last Jedi. He doesn't like the the prequel, the, the sequel trilogy to begin with, but he hated Last Jedi the way it was written. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, yes, it stumbled. But at the end of Last Jedi, they left, they, they, they set up a wonderful possible exploration we had never seen before coming into the next movie, which they didn't do, was mm -hmm. anybody, there's lots of other Force people out there not mm -hmm. named Anakin or Skywalker. Mm -hmm. there is more to it than just black and white there is mm -hmm. force user because if you look mm -hmm. at ray ray isn't a jedi and we were correcting that everybody keeps saying well you're force user you're jedi or sith i'm like no you're a force user you're not you don't have to be mm -hmm. jedi the shaolin right, monk right. and you don't have to be the man in black you know you can yeah. just be a force user that's what ray is but people kept trying to peg her as a jedi she wasn't trying to be a jedi she had these powers she was exploring it she was going to look for answers regardless mm -hmm. of if it's left or right at the end of last jedi they sealed everything up luke croak yes spoiler folks you know uh you know you had leia you had sparks of of you know uh, a, a new idea that there is just force users there's all these people that suddenly you know you've got all these options and the internet lost its shit over last jedi 
and complaining about physics of Star Wars, which I just chuckled at. So they thought about it. They're like, oh, no, we can't do what we planned for the third film. And then the next movie crapped on it. Yeah. And the next movie crapped on the entire Last Somehow, Jedi. Palpatine returned. And they said, oh, you guys want Palpatine Bay. Oh, you want your original stormtroopers. You want your original... You want you want Star Destroyers to be able to do Star Destroying now. Yeah. You know, that's what you're, <laughs> you know and, you're, and you're like, no. I, I, what gave me the hope with Last Jedi was that, cool, we're going to get something different, different aspects. That's what each of these shows, every time they talk about, we're like... We're going to get something new. We're going to get some kind of aspect. And in the end, they keep falling back to the same storylines, to the same elements. And I think it's because the producers are scared and they're listening too much to the loudest voices that are saying, this is crap. I'm not going to watch it unless it has Anakin. Oh, this is crap unless they have a lightsaber battle in it. Oh, this is, you know, I'm like, that it, it has to grow. This, this series has to grow. Whether you like Star Trek or not, that's grown. Yes, there's bad spots in Star Trek over the last 60, you know, 60 years. At the same time, it's evolved into still keeping the core concepts that the 60s show touched on. But it's a whole new being that's introduced to a whole new generation that's appealing to them because they're doing something at least different. They're taking risks. Disney's not taking risks. No. And Sorry, I think Sorry, that's I didn't mean to rant. No, that's, no, that's, I, I agree with that. Way to, way to end I the think show. A, it is. It kind of is. I mean, that, cause that, that is the problem. I think, I think Kathleen Kennedy and some of the other producers are going, Oh no, 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 no. Look at what this comment section in YouTube said. Let's get what balls deep 69 said and put that in our movie because that guy knows what he's talking about. And started immediately after the Phantom Menace ended. We're there are still. I'm one of them. Darth Jar Jar is still a possibility. Oh, if they fuck. Were, oh come on! You that he says, and it's all putting doubt in Anakin's mind from day one. He questions Qui Gon from day one. So if you, if you build on that and you build on that. You could get a Darth Jar Jar from it. He could be the anti Yoda set up for the sequel, the prequel trilogy. Maybe set you up for that. Do my kids. I, I watched that movie with that in the back of my mind, and the more that I think about it, the more <laughs> I'm like, it's possible. Maybe Raylan will weird, hook up with Jar Jar. He's doing all the super weird ninja stuff to avoid the tank blasts in the beginning. <laughs> like, he, but, it, it's, there's hints. I, I think that was just more of Star Wars trying to be for the kids. Was like, oh, this Jar Jar guy, we got to get rid of him, kill him, we hate him, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the thing changed, and Dooku came out of nowhere. Grievous kind of came out of nowhere for this for attack. Of, both of those characters came out of nowhere for Attack of the Clones to replace the Jar Jar idea. I know I'm alone on that. That's okay. The funny thing about it is, and, and Mark, you said it, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a Star Trek fan than Star Wars, though. I'm one of those guys who likes both. But um, the the fact of the matter is, is at some point, George Lucas decided to do those sequels that were going to explain why this terrible villain became who he was. And no matter how interesting that can be, 
going back and spending that much time in a decade, literally, on developing that story when we know the ending is a fool's errand. And I would say that in, in my respect, just from what I know of Star Wars, they've created this incredible world, but the world building doesn't mean that you have only the same 12 characters or the 12 leads or main characters. As you said, there's a whole galaxy out there. Just tell us new stories. And then you'd be forced to have to tell us who this character is because he's he or she is brand new. Uh, the one thing I think that Star Trek has for it is the Federation is the world building. And then the galaxy or the universe is the rest of the world, if you will, or the, the, the world that's out there. And that means you invent a new crew for each thing. I mean, uh, Deep Space Nine was about a, a an outlet in the middle of the space, you know, which was very interesting to just see, like, how do they exist as, as a place where all these different kinds of people come? It's almost like a United Nations slash 7-Eleven or something, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and new characters there. And they've thrown so many new characters and new crews and everything else. And sure, there's some overlap and they bring Picard back and, Je you know, Jeff, uh, uh, Captain Pike is Christopher Pike's been, bra been brought back a few times. But this, I, I mean, as much as I love Ahsoka, I felt that in this last episode where they had the opportunity to give us more about what was really going on with her and why she's battling Martha and, and, and why she, you know, took a little bit of the Anakin with her when she lost her one saber. Um, maybe they don't feel they have to tell that much because they're known characters and maybe it would just be smarter to say, hey, George, you created this whole world, world building. Let's go to some far reaches of the galaxy where none of these characters exist and see what happens. Maybe they don't even have lightsabers. Maybe they don't have stormtroopers. Let's find some other types of characters to put in this. I bet you the Star Wars fans would be just fine with that. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I would like to just see some new characters, not ones who die in a suicide mission to try to get the plans of the Death Star. But we're going to get a Lando Carissian back. Or yeah, I, I, I mean, I really? Don't I don't Who need was it. that. Yeah, so Donald is that a lazy yeah. studio head going? Well, I remember that character. Let's do yes, him. yes, it is. <laughs> well, and, it's a familiar name. It's a brand. Exactly. Yeah, it was it's the shorthand. one part of the Han Solo movie that everyone liked. So they're going to be like, "We'll take that part of the movie that everyone yes, likes, and exactly. it'll, it'll be guaranteed to be a hit." Like, yeah, and that's no, how short of thinking be. it is. It's that small. Yeah, they're extremely short-sighted. Star Wars has always been extremely short-sighted. Really. Well, it's it was it had it is made for twelve year olds. That's what George mm -hmm. Lucas said has said from the start. But even if it was made for twelve year olds, you don't need to necessarily make it for twelve year olds. Ask Tony Gilroy. It doesn't have to happen that way. And if if they start taking more chances, like they did with Andor, I know I keep harping on Andor. I honestly do think a lot of the show is boring, but I was actually kind of happy it was boring. Um, but if you take, if you learn what they did with Andor, if you learn, as Mark said, what they do with visions, if you take some chances, you might get some great results. Otherwise, you're constantly going to feed your audience member berries. They're just going to constantly want to see, you know, the thing that they remember and that, that makes them all giddy with their childhood and they get a fucking nostalgia boner from it. You know, <laughs> go true. ahead and give us a fan service movie. Why not? Why tease us with the Clone Wars episode in episode five and be like, we can do this, but we're not gonna. <laughs> we're never gonna give you a full like hour and a half of kick-ass Star Wars ever. You're never gonna get that in your lives ever. You're just gonna get little tiny chunks every mm -hmm. once in a while. And it's gonna be like that, it's gonna be like Easter morning when you think you're getting that solid chocolate Easter bunny and it's just the hollow one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with nothing inside of it. It's still delicious, but there's a lot less of it than you thought. Yeah, that's a that's a good. It's an excellent it. metaphor. 
Yeah, or analogy, I, think, I guess. I think that's a great way to put it. But I I can't think of anything more to say other than I'm I'm not excited for season two like I thought I was going to be. Like I know that Thrawn's going to be the bad guy and they're going to set him up to be the guy who builds the first order. But hey, when all those episodes are available, let me know because making me <laughs> wait week for week for this is just it, punishing. But but it's the Disney it's the Disney model in general. I'm gonna yeah yeah I know I'm I'm DC shill, but I love both just like I love both Star Wars and Star Trek. Look at what they've done with the MCU shows as well, though. They're they're it's similar. They've done a little bit better with them, but it's still similar in that we keep falling back to some of the same characters mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the same situations. We're reliving some of these, you know, the, the, you know, the, you've got a whole variety of uh, folks you could bring out and you're you're falling back to the same characters you introduced us to in the movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, well, what the hell? Look at Secret Invasion. I looked at Secret Invasion. I'm like, okay, I've heard from all you Marvel fans how great Secret Invasion is. All really? right. I well, I, a number of folks they were looking forward to it because you know, scroll and, and infiltration. And what's it about? It's about Nick Fury's PTSD, and they do dirty at least two characters that were beloved in the series, and they do that. And you're like, and what I, I watch it, I'm like, this is what the big deal was when i'm looking at the potential going this should have been the phase arc for this show to where you have standalone movies like say you know uh you know as dr strange or whatever but is that strange or is that a scroll you know you have captain america is that captain america or is that a scroll you spend the whole movie questioning it and you don't get the reveal till like an end game type of film what a wonderful opportunity to bring in the agents on shield too and they did not what are you where's quick what are you guys doing (laughs) <laughs> you, you know and it's just they keep falling back just like with star wars to the stuff that they established that was a hit because that's easy peasy it's recognizable names and it's not a risk star trek took a risk it did enterprise the problem was they had such a well-established legacy that when you do enterprise you're like wait this was not in the history at all now it righted it a little bit but even star wars where they did the prequels you establish this history you want to see that in action you want to see the exact things that were described in the trilogy and you don't get those you you get yeah. some kind of variation you're like what <laughs> you know it's just yeah. until they're willing to take risks we're just going to get more of the same and I think that the thing is, this show could have really benefited too. If you want to, you know, get people invested in Ezra and everyone like that, why not flash back to the moment where the Star Whales break into the Star Destroyer, grab Thrawn, and warp space him out of there? Like, don't tell me go see the cartoon and go see that. Fuck you. I want to see it in live action. I want to see it on screen. And it's like to to even like not know how to get people invested. And a huge part of the story as to why these characters are in another place is just crazy and bad storytelling. Another example of bad storytelling is how was Ezra just like across the street from Thrawn and <laughs> Thrawn never did anything about him? Or how did Ezra get off that Star Destroyer when it when it you know was transported all those millions, billions, trillion miles away into that next galaxy. We were able to find Ahsoka hiding in the whale bones within like 30 seconds with their little steel balls. And Ezra's hiding for 10 years. Yeah. 
Well, How about the fact that he got off the big ship and they can't even figure out? Oh, that's one of our guys leaving. Wait a minute. He he didn't even get off. It's not that he even got off a big ship. He didn't like get off a big ship on a Tie Fighter. He stole a freaking shuttle, a Sith shuttle. He literally exactly. took Balin's shuttle. You're like, that would have been noticed. Yeah, <laughs> they they didn't. And I mean, I was thinking as a joke, like you you would be able to tell if Ryan Johnson directed the episode if when uh, Ezra comes out in the stormtrooper armor, they just shoot him. You know, <laughs> and they didn't realize it was him. Well, because no, I was thinking they did hold their fire for a while, though he had his hands up, but that's because rebels don't open fire on people. But even eh. still, think of the cliffhanger for that. As much as you're you're joking about it, he comes off the shuttle, they fire at him thinking he's a stormtrooper. Hera goes up, they pull the helmet off, she's like, Holy crap, it's Ezra. <laughs> and there's your cliffhanger, because now everybody's like well, wait, what? <laughs> you know, you think you don't know if Ezra's actually live or dead, and and, and then there's your cliffhanger for your next season because at least then you've got the reveal to Hera's that out of nowhere, holy crap, it's Ezra, and Ezra's hurting. <laughs> yep. You know, he he went the cliffhanger all- should have been Ahsoka looking at the specter of uh, of Anakin, and then ending dark. A dark close above her, where that bright, smiley, zen face of her goes. Mm-hmm. Gives us the Stanley Kubrick stare. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. That no, would have been better. Been like, mm. Instead of. She maybe enjoyed beating down Marth a little bit too much there. She did pretty well with that uh, one saber when she's usually the flowing. Well, she's got the sword, know, too. Yeah, well, exactly. The and then just make that. And then, then that would have been the reason that. Uh, we see Anakin smiling like, yeah, I'm proud of you, sort of starting to come towards the dark side. And then Balin's like, you know, we could use somebody like you. Yeah, and talk about a disservice to an actor. Sebastian Shaw, who played, you know, Darth Vader, with a, you know, when he takes his helmet off and he oh. says, you were right, my son, to him being at the, you know, Ghost uh, celebration, ghost. Yeah, yeah, being the force ghost at the Ewok celebration. Why did they have to have young Anakin from the special editions, force ghost Anakin, be there? They could have done without things. that. We already got that she made peace with Anakin. We don't need young Hayden Christensen's force ghost to look after her, smiling, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, great, now that Anakin from the special editions. Are it's like they gone. do it on purpose, like they have that Star Wars boners. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's, have, let's have Leia kiss Luke and then fix that later. Talk yeah. about your boneyard. <laughs> well, what's funny <laughs> is they don't even need they didn't even need that shot. That's the whole no. thing. Yeah, they could have just they just could have had her Obviously. look off in the distance, mm-hmm. like we saw Balin look off in the distance. And who knows? Maybe she looks off in the distance and sees the little <laughs> flashy beacon like Balin saw. And she smiles and she walks away. And you don't need Anakin's face in there at all. You don't need his space ghost in there at the oh, end. You know? Yeah, but that they have to do it. They they have to. I I feel like there's someone at Disney who's like, no, no, have Anakin be there so he's looking out for her. No, that could have been Filoni's idea. Yeah. You and, know it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I really didn't have anything else to say. I, I was just gonna say the final thought. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go long, but I'm just saying is. What they need to do is what they did with Empire. Okay, whether or not you, you care really much for the right, the reason Empire is one of people's favorite, at least in my opinion, and those that I've talked to, 
was because you had someone from the outside who hadn't touched Star Wars direct a Star Wars film who wasn't a fanboy who wasn't he was a movie director they brought it and said here's the script make this a movie and he's like okay you know they need someone in their writer's room who is not a fan of Star Wars or knows very little aka Jeff uh, I I nominate you uh, to go in the writer's room <laughs> with Star Wars folks and but that's what they need they need someone who isn't a real big fan? They know of Star Wars, but Nicholas not so Meyer, much. when he did Wrath of Khan, did not know Star Trek. In exactly. fact, Harv Bennett, who was the big producer at Paramount, hired him and basically kept him very much to a minimum about here's these characters and here's this episode, and I want to see you do this. And then he said, How old is Shatner? And he said, <laughs> I think he's 50 now, or whatever. It's like, hmm, Yeah, yeah. play with the age thing. But but mm. that's what they need to do. But yeah, kill your babies. The phrase goes: you can't be afraid to take out bad ideas or look at things fresh or, you know, uh, be smart about being judicious and and cut. Because what you have is a room full of folks who have grown up with Star Wars and now they've been given the key, keys to the kingdom, so they're doing stuff like you said. I, I one of you said earlier, they're playing with the figures in their room. Go, you know, the, hey, I got playtime. Mm -hmm. It's after mm -hmm. school. I'm taking my action figures. And oh, look, I got solo fighting stormtroopers. And wouldn't it be cool if, oh, look, here comes a shuttle? You know, that's, <laughs> what, that's what they're doing yeah. with this product. And I honestly think that, good or bad, what they need is, is not just, they need to get writers, not just the director, but writers mm -hmm. who may not necessarily be fans of Star Wars saying, hey, look, Here's the characters. Here's a basic outline of what these this character is. Write a story about it. Yeah. Or take some of the themes, even if Lucas made it for 12-year-olds. There are themes of religion in it. He took things from famous novels and famous yeah. literature, ideas about philosophy, about life. You got to start there. Otherwise, it just becomes Xeroxes of Xeroxes of Xeroxes. Mm -hmm. Like, well, this is a greatest hits thing that you said, like you're playing it as a kid. But at this point, we don't need to see more stormtroopers just falling over because none of them can shoot straight. My God, Mel Brooks made fun of that 30, 40 years ago mm -hmm. in Spaceballs. You'd think we'd evolve from them. Like, maybe the space troopers aren't that good even if they're zombies they still fight for shit they, they're not one of them laid a finger on any of those good guys in it and they're just going like this with the lightsaber like because i guess they're shooting over here and here as opposed to right in front of them but just that is not a good story or a good scene there's other ways to do it but anyway we're i, I know you're trying to wrap up mike sorry no no i think a good a good way that they could have really made those uh undead stormtroopers real scary what if they got back to Camino and made clones again? Because those clones were efficient shots and they knew what the hell they were doing. Now that would have been something far more mm. menacing than, you know, uh, having Thrawn go to Dathomir so he can use his night sister's magic to bring back coffins and coffins of stormtroopers who not only can't shoot straight, but when there's someone right in front of them, they decide to march in front of them while they're <laughs> fighting with a gun because, I don't know, I guess they want Ahsoka's autograph or something like that. If sure. any, like, standalone series like Star Wars or Star Trek or any of these big genre-like series can branch out, Star Wars is one that can. Right. Like, we've, all been, we've all been hunting for the Star Wars horror genre. Yes. The story or something like give me give me a James Wan directed Star Wars film. 
Give, me Give us another villain other than the Empire. Aren't there other bad guys out there in the far reaches? Give me something that almost has nothing to do with Star Wars that's still based in the Star Wars universe. Like, let's go nuts. Why yes. not? This, yes. this universe, this world that George has created is so big. Why are we stuck like we keep saying? Why are we keeping to be stuck with lightsabers and Skywalkers and Tatooine and Jabba the Hutt's Palace? Like, let's, it's a big universe. There's two universes now. There are two galaxies. Let's branch out a little bit. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do that. You know, that, no, that would require would risks fantastic. to be taken. <laughs> it would be. I, I think they need to ask Tony Gilroy what to do more. But the he's Dark not. Vader horror series. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I think we kind of got that scene with Rogue One where he like sh- killed everyone in that hallway. Mm-hmm. But, well, how about uh, just to, to your point, uh, other villains other than Darth Vader who are villainous? Can you imagine if 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 you know I don't know? There's some other species or some other kind of people that are, are not even touched by the Empire, but they have the sense of the Space Force with them that they don't need to even learn how to do lightsabers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're evolved in that way. That would be fascinating. And you could do those some of the pieces from it, but it's different characters, a different battle. I mean, it's called wars, right? Yeah. There's that means there's plural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would have loved to have seen a show about Balin's skull at this point because he's yes. fascinating. You know, let's see how. Leave he... Schreiber. Bring. I think Leave Schreiber should play him. Hmm. He would be pretty good. They said but... Leave Schreiber. The other top one would have been Russell Crowe as far as look. Not quite <laughs> yeah. so much of talent, but as for look, they've shown pictures side by side. One mil like more. Take some Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell could be, or even Alec Baldwin. He looks a little bit like Alec Baldwin too. If we're going for somebody who somehow makes you think that guy looks a lot like the old Balin. Yeah. Well, I mean, and. I think one kind of fan casting I would have liked to have seen was Michael Fassbender as Thrawn because he's tall, he's intimidating, he has a look down, you know. But I mean, what we got with um, Lars Mikkelsen was good, but you know, I'll say just in live action, he does look a little funny. They, you know, like he looks like he's struggling like keeping those contacts on. He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> Mad they made for a fantastic Thrawn. It's too bad they wasted him on Rogue One. Hmm. Oh, oh Mads? That? Yeah, Mads. Mads yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to understand a lot of what he... He looks more like Thrawn than Thrawn. <laughs> the, the thing I think they, why Lars got the job was because he does have the voice and the cadence of the Thrawn from Rebels, and I think that's why he got the job, not so much yeah. the look, but yeah. he does nail that cadence and that way that Thrawn talked in the rebels. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think they cast him not so much for the look, but I mean, if we want to talk about looks, let's fall back to Obi-Wan at the Inquisitor, right? Yeah. It's just like, come on, you you couldn't find a tall lanky guy. No, you got, you got that guy. Oh God. Oh yeah. The the Inquisitor who looks like he, he kind of looks like a character from SpongeBob when I look at him. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he looks like one of them, just like with this big goofy face. And he's like, I'm going to get you now. Oh, here you he are. He looked nice like a reject say. from the House Harkonnen. What are you talking about? That's what he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. On that note, uh, yeah, I thought we were going to have a more optimistic episode because we, we were so on board with this show. But mm-hmm. it kind of went that went out like a fart cloud of Night Sister smoke. So <laughs> they whiffed said, it. It's because they whiffed the landing. They uh, like every show, they whiffed the landing. They set all this up. 
and they whiff it. They they like get here's pudding. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty much. They just they just keep they keep teasing us, and after a while, it's like you're teasing me, but you don't really have anything, do you? No, no, sorry, we don't. That's yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe bring Ryan Johnson back. <laughs> I didn't like the last Jedi, but uh, I'll, I'll, at least I like the fact that he tried something different. Yeah. And, and but, that's the thing; it's not all going to hit. I mean, you know, yeah. you've got a series that runs this long; you're going to have hit or misses. But at least try something because then you can take elements, which we did see alluded to a bit in Ahsoka, elements that actually work, and uh, you know, cherry pick some of those ideas and at least expand on them. That's what they did with Ahsoka and Last Jedi. They take a few of the concepts from Last Jedi, regardless of what people like or not, and they tried to build on them a little bit in Ahsoka. But then they got too scared. They're like, whoa, no. Anakin's worse. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. Here's his happy force ghost. But I don't know. Before I wrap it up, let's have everyone plug their stuff. And then we can get going. Uh, so, Jeff, we'll start with you. Then John. Then Mark. Uh, as you can read, uh, the establishingshot.org is my movie blog. I write twice a month for Pipeline Artist Magazine. Uh, online pipelineers.com is where you can find that about movies and uh, goings on in the business. And I'm also on TikTok now, Jeff York, Chicago. There, uh, John. Hey, we're Cinema Obscura. We are the world's only film library for uh, independent film. Got a TV show on Can TV Public Access here in Chicago every Monday night at 11. A live event every fourth Wednesday at the Logan Theater. Come check us out. Support local filmmakers, musicians, and comedians. It's good stuff. Yeah, uh, Mark and John. Did you catch the uh, Black Mold trailer? Uh, no, yeah, from John Pata. Oh yeah, it's out. You should check it out. It looks. I need to. It We're all going to go see Thanksgiving, right? Oh, absolutely. I, I am. I'm going to be first in line. But no, if, if you know John Pata, uh, check out Black Mold. That's his newest one he's got coming out now where mm. he directed it. And it, it looks mm. it looks like another solid film like Dead Weight. Even better, actually. Mm. Um, as far as, sorry, I, I follow a lot of indie cinema myself. So uh, specialmarkproductions.com. You can find all my stuff, TikTok, Patreon, YouTube. We're doing it 17 years podcasting we're celebrating our 10th year uh on it and uh yeah you can just find all the stuff there are a lot of movie reviews interviews with a lot of indie film directors and uh directors of obscure films uh i try to focus on that more than the wide release stuff so specialmarkproductions.com yeah you can find that stuff there yeah and you can find me at ypareviews.com i'm doing a little bit of the small stuff and the big releases at the same time uh, especially with Chicago International Film Festival coming up. Uh, I have some little ones, big ones to uh, review. And yeah, you can catch written reviews or podcasts like that. Or you can see our beautiful faces in video form. Or you can listen to this show in podcast form. And we'll have material for you as it comes out. So having said that, Jeff, John, Mark. Oh, and David, of course. Uh, you can take check out David Foley's stuff at keepingitreal.com. Uh, there's information for these guys with links to their works are below. Uh, the Force wasn't with this one, unfortunately, and I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the rest of the show was pretty good, but it, it just had to stumble the ball at the end. At least they didn't kill off Thrawn, I guess. That's a good thing. Uh, but outside of that, bye everyone. <laughs>